0: So, a big welcome to our online family. We just want you to know that we love you and we're praying for you, believing for you. And so great to have you uh, a part of our services and just connected in uh, that way. Church, can we say a big hello to those who are watching or listening online? Fantastic. Wherever you are, in India, London, whatever, come on, somebody. It's great uh, to be able to connect uh, with uh, family. And so, we, we do have people who are watching. In those places, which is pretty, uh, pretty cool. And again, just make sure you do sign up for Connect Conference. Don't miss it. It's that foundation. It's a, a, a it's a, a, It'll be a fun day, and just uh, again, just some great ministry from Pastor James. Just a, a significant leader in Australia. Look, I, I just want to take a, take a moment. Last week we. We, we were talking about the fact that in Genesis 1, verse 28, it says, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. And I said at that stage, basically in its basic meaning, that means just have babies, have babies, multiply, fill, fill the earth. But just as I finished my message, I got a little nudge of the Holy Spirit. And I just want to take a little moment today because for some, that could be a very hard thing. There'll be some in this room and in every one of our, our, our services who maybe for them, it's like, man, I'd love to. I'd love to. And so I just really felt the Holy Spirit say today, before I begin my message, just take a take a moment, just take a moment, and just pray for those. You know, this is a Bible struggle. This is a Bible struggle. There are several, uh, uh, um, if you like, couples in the Bible who who struggled to have babies, and they saw God deliver them from that situation they, they saw God open up the womb felt closed and I, 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 I want to tell you that, that when you know some of us are like rabbits or whatever and you can just just being honest you can you can but for others when you can't I mean it's a struggle it's a battle but we know that God can move in any situation. Yeah. About four of you said amen on that. I said we know God can move in any one of those situations. And so I want to take a moment because we, we don't know what the, the issues are. We don't know what the struggles are. We don't know what the, the, the problems are or what it, whatever it is, whether it's seasons, times, whatever. But we do know that God is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power. And we, we have seen this. I, I, in fact, I... I Saw someone's Facebook this week, just celebrating their uh, their kids who are now teenagers who are in this church. They've moved to another city now, and they were in that exact same situation. We prayed this exact same uh, uh, type of prayer, and today they have three kids. Come on, somebody! And, and and they were told it's impossible. It's like it's not gonna it's not gonna happen. So we're not just taking a stab a uh, stab at this. I, I I believe God can actually move. He has done it. Uh, you know, he did it for Rebecca. He did it for. Uh, uh, Sarah he, he opened wounds for Rachel for Hannah and for more in the Bible so why will uh, he not do it for uh, those here and so can I get you to bow your heads close your eyes no one looking around I want you to be just praying in the spirit as we do this and if that's an issue for you I just want you to put your hand on your uh, womb and, and, and just so that that's just right now in this moment where two or three are gathered you're there in the midst of God and we just pray to the God who opened Sarai's womb. Uh, open wombs here. To the God who opened Rebecca's womb. Open wombs here. To the God who 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 opened Hannah's womb. Open wombs here. We pray, Father God, just for, for whatever is uh, closing, for whatever is not opening up, for whatever reason, we break the power of that in Jesus' name. And Father God, we join uh, uh, with these couples. We join with them who are believing for a, for a child to, uh, to, who are desiring to, to really fulfill that, be fruitful and multiply and really see that become a part of their journey. We would ask God that you would, Father God, whether it be on the man's thing or the uh, 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 the woman's thing, whatever it is, whatever has got to be sorted out, fixed up or, or or moved or corrected, Lord God, we pray in Jesus' mighty name that you would move sovereignly over every one of those situations. Father God, for those who are longing for a child, longing for children, we pray that this would be the year of the Lord's favor. We pray Pray that this year, Father God, they would uh, see God move uh, in that area and that situation. Lord God, I just pray, Father God, for every single person, every single couple struggling with this right now, that Father God, just as just as, as Sarah even laughed at the promise of God because she's like, is it, "This is just sounds too too difficult." Lord God, I I pray. You are the God of the impossible. You are the God of the the, the situation. You you are the mountain-moving God. And so we pray this mountain be moved right now in the name of Jesus. Let this be a fruitful church. Let this be a church that multiplies, not just spiritually, but also physically. Father God, I pray for every couple. Father God, right now, who's walking through this battle, Father, we feel their pain. You know their situation, Father God, through history. This has been a story, but it's also been a story of uh, how you've come through and met those people. And so, Lord God, we just pray that you would do that today in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen Amen and amen. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, Jesus was walking by the sea of Galilee and saw two brothers, it says, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net. Into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to me, I said to them, sorry, follow me and I will make you. Now, if you're not new to the Bible and you have known this verse, you'll be able to fill in the blank. You know what comes next. But if you are new to the Bible, I mean, there's lots of things that could go in the blank. It's like, you know, we're going to understand this is an important time. This is the first time Jesus is calling. His disciples. So, so, what's he saying? What could go in the blank? And there's many things that I guess, if you were taking a stab at it, if you are new to the Bible, as I said, there's, there's probably quite a quite a few things you could put uh, put in there. I, I, I will, I will make you holy. I mean, we've been singing about it today. I, I need to, And how many know? Some of us need it. Come on, somebody. Uh, don't look at me like that. We've all got issues. We've all got stuff we're going through. I I, I will make you uh, holy. Maybe maybe it can say I will fix you up, and maybe it will. Maybe it's saying um I'll I'll make you more spiritual. I'll make you more spiritual. I'll c- come follow me, and I will make you more spiritual for, for others. He might be uh, uh, saying you know uh, uh, I'll help you to read your Bible more. I'll make you read your Bible more. Come on, somebody, have any we? We know somebody maybe need to say that if if you're uh, I'll make you. Pray more. I, I, if you're from a prosperity church, I'll make you rich. Come on, somebody. If you're from a monastery, I'll make you poor. Come on. I don't know what it is. I don't know. There, there could be different things that could go in this this this, this place in this in this passage. And I, I will make you famous. I will make you this. I will make you that. There are so many things. I will fix you up. And we need some fixing up sometimes. There are many things that will go could go in that passage. However, what Jesus did say, he he said this, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I will make you fishers of men. I've called my message today, followers fish. Followers fish. Jesus was like, I'm, to his disciples, Jesus was like, I'm going to teach you how to catch people, how to reach people, how to fish for people. It's interesting to me that Jesus began and ended his ministry with the same charge to his followers. Jesus ends his ministry with what we call the Great Commission, and we've talked about it over the years. Matthew twenty-eight verse nineteen: Go and make disciples. Go out and reach people. Go out and change the change the world. Mark sixteen fifteen: Go into all the world and preach. Everybody say, "Preach!" preach. Come on, say it like you believe in now. Preach. Go to all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. See, winning people was among the last and first things that Jesus instructed his followers to do. When Christ first called his disciples at the beginning, that the, the first thing he said, this is the first thing he said to them, I will make you fishers of people. And so at the beginning of this year, 2019, we're been. Talking about that, I think it's important that we take a moment. That we take a moment and remember if he's called you here today, if you are a disciple of his, if you say, well, I'm a Christian. If if, if you are that person here today, I think it's so important. At the beginning of 2019, we take a moment and pause and just remember this fact that followers fish. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, I want to remind you that followers fish. I, I was thinking that in a way, this is kind of like the family business. Right. It really is. It's a, the it's a family business. I, I, I tried to look up some good fishing jokes. There isn't any. <laughs> I, I, but I did find, find some. They're bad. But, but here they go for light relief. Where do fish keep their money? In the riverbank. Yeah, I said they were bad. I just, I'm just trying to have you. What, what do you get when you cross a fishing lure with a gym sock? Hook, line, and stinker. Come on, someone. Here's another one. Why didn't Noah fish much on the ark? He only had two worms. I said, I, uh, that's all I can do. That's all I can do. But fishing is the family business. In fact, church should resemble a fishing fleet, not a yacht club. Can I hear a good amen? Yeah. And, and, and tap your neighbor and say, Aye, oh, aye, Captain. I mean, uh, it's just that it, we, we should be part of a fishing. And, and remember, when we talk about church, we're not talking about the building, we're not talking about the steeple, we're talking about the people. Okay, we don't, we, we don't go to church, we are the church when we gather. This is the building that we have it, just a, they call it in the English word, but you are the church. That's why I say, you know, even in church, if we're going to be a friendly church, guess what? You got to be friendly. You can't just walk past the guest. I don't care. No, you've got you to talk. So, we're going to be a friendly church. You've got to be friendly. That's why we take Connect 180. Make sure you can connect. And again, you are the church. And so we've got to understand. Our family business, we should be more like a fishing fleet than a yacht club. But I can say this. You know, and think about this. Actually, even, even the vision for our church is taken from that. Great commission. We want to connect people to Jesus. We want to fish. We want to. We, we want to throw the net. We want to connect people to Jesus. And their purpose. That's what we want to do. That's what we are. That's what we're about. And so we're here to reach the one. We're here to go after the one. We're, we're, we're to be a people who, are, who 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 reach that which was lost. Those who are far away from God. We have to remember here today, and especially at the beginning of the year, that we are just not here for ourselves, but we are here for the one who isn't here yet, for the lost one, for the one who has not yet found him. But I know in the hurry and scurry of our lives, we can forget that that's that's really kind of what we're here to do. Really, that's what we're what we're all about. And so today I I just want to challenge us in the midst of the hustle and bustle of our lives and say that perhaps at some times in the busyness of all our hurry and scurry and busyness of our life that we would maybe take a moment even even this week and hang that sign on the door of our lives that says Gone Fishing. Right. Gone fishing. Yeah, word, I said last week that we're called and anointed and appointed and to be fruitful in every area of life. Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 16, he said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed or ordained you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will, will last and According to every concordance I've looked at, and if you're wondering if you knew the Bible, what's, what is a concordance? What is that? Well, a concordance is just a fancy book that brainy people, much brainier than me, spend time and they write, and the concordance explains what the passage means. And so in, when we read this verse, and Jesus is talking about the, the, the fruit, every concordance that, that, that I read, Wesley, Clark, Gill, Barnes, where fruit is mentioned, where Jesus is mentioning fruit, it is without doubt that He's talking about souls. It is without doubt that He's talking about lost people. It is without doubt that He's talking about those who are far away from Him. That's the kind of fruit that Jesus desires that you and I produce. And and listen, I know that sometimes when we talk about this subject I know when it's like, oh, it's like stress. You can feel the tension in the room. You know, it's like, oh, what's he going to ask us to do? Are we going to go door to door, get some tracks or what? No, no. Go, I, you know, I, I, again, I can, I, can, I can feel it. But here's something you've got to understand about fruit. Fruit appearing on the tree is not a result of work. I'll say it again. Fruit appearing is not the result of work. Fruit appearing is the natural result of life. It's a natural result of life. It's a natural result. It's what what happens where there is life. And so we've got to remember that to to, to be fruit producers, this is God's heart. To win lost people, this is God's heart. This is God's passion. So how do you know that? Well, it says in John 3.16, most famous verse in the Bible, John 3.16, for God so loved the world, not just you, Come on. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have eternal life. This is God's heart. This is God's God's will. And I know there'll be some here today and you'll go, I know this. I know it. But I'm really asking, do you do it? Come on, we know, we, we know it because here, here five of you. <laughs> they may be witness to somebody this week so they feel okay. So, Because you've got to understand something about the will of God. When we talk about the will of God, the will of God is not just something to understand. Oh, well, I understand it. Yes, I get it. But it's not just something to understand. The will of God is something to undertake. Come on. It's something to do. It's something to grab hold of and say, I'm going to do that. J. Robert Ashcroft said this, All heaven is waiting to help those who will discover the will of God and do it. (laughs) Why? Because followers fish. Followers fish. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, we should fish. And like I said, I know when we talk about this, when we talk about sharing our faith, when we talk about catching people, or we use the E word, you know, evangelism, and we talk about that kind of thing. Yeah, like, like I say, people, I, I, I sometimes don't see Miranda's even leaving. I mean, she's just, no, oh, I'm done. She's like, I'm done. But there can be those uh-oh uh, moments. What's he going to get us to do? What's he going to ask us to do? To do, And I, I know it. I, I I I I get it. I know some of you. I said, "Look, Pastor Adam, it's it's. I just want to tell you, it's just better if I keep my faith to myself. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I'm just. It's just better if I do that. Pastor Adam, look, like, you, you don't want me getting into a debate with anybody about faith and all that thing, because he said, I, I'll, I'll lose. I'll lose. I may even convert to the other side. Come on, somebody. How <laughs> I many like, some might feel like that? It's like you. You don't want me. That's just, just better. It's just better if I keep it to myself and we can, we, we can make a ton, a ton of excuses for why we can't do it. I heard about the story about this guy who's making excuses, was swerving all over the road and the cop pulled him over. Got him out of the car and he said, sir, you're going to need to take a breathalyzer. The guy said, I can't do that. He said, why not? He said, I got asthma. I take that breathalyzer, well, my breath's going to go out of my body, I'm going to die. I just can't do that. He said, well, you're going to need to come down the station and do a blood test. He said, I can't do that. He said, why not? He said, because I'm a hemophiliac. After you take that blood, I'm going to bleed out and I'm going to die. I'm going to die. He said, well, you ain't going to get out of that car and walk in a straight line. I said, I can't do that. He said, why not? He said, because I'm drunk. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Tap your neighbor and say, no excuses. Stop it. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> that was a good one. Followers fish. Followers fish. That's what they do. And sometimes we don't, we don't fish because, well, number one, here's, three, here's four reasons. We, we didn't know we supposed to, but now you know. Number two, we don't know how to. I get it. We don't know how to. We don't know what to do. Number three, maybe we're, we're afraid. We're afraid. I mean, I get it. I get it. none of us want to be that awkward guy in the office, right? Come on somebody. You you don't want to be that that awkward dude who's like, you know, uh, "Hello everybody. I'd like to tell you about Jesus." I mean, you don't want to be that guy, right? And they're, they're, you're sitting at the lunch table all by yourself. Come on someone. You don't want to be that guy. So it's like, "Man, no, I don't want to be weird guy. Weird Christian guy." In the office, you know, we have all these thoughts. Or number four, maybe, maybe fear of failure. Fear of failure. I mean, what, what if it goes wrong? And again, over the next couple of weeks, I want to help us with, with that as we, we talk about this whole thing, because followers should fish. But, but today, I just want to give you three reasons you should fish, apart from the obvious one that God says you should. Yeah, should. You're back, Miranda. Thank you for coming going back. So here's some here's some reasons why I think we we should fish. Number one, fishing's fun. That's right. Fishing's fun. I mean, uh, Ruben, uh, Ruben, Shane, and uh, Kyle they went out fishing this week off. Uh, the Island and, and, and I could tell Reuben and Kyle when they came back home they caught some snapper and some uh, Trevely, I mean they didn't come in like this, they came in like man they are Superman, they've just caught some uh, fish, they've you know we've done it where they felt they've liked, uh, achieved something, in fact they got so excited that yesterday they called Shane's father who has the boat everyone needs a friend with a boat, but they, they called Shane's father and, and they went out fishing with Shane's father and left Shane on the beach, come on somebody, they don't, who cares about so we don't need you to say. But they got pumped because the, the thrill of the chase, the thrill of the catch, the uh, uh, going after it, taking that risk, throwing the lure, seeing, seeing what will come on the uh, other side, that sense of achievement that we, we did this. I, I want to tell you, when it, when it comes to followers fishing, that adrenaline, when you go and share your faith, that adrenaline rush that you get, I don't know if you've had it, and if you haven't, you should. Uh, that, that adrenaline is when, when you 're just going about your business and you feel the spirit of God say, say, "I want you to talk to that person I want you to talk to that person and you go, of course, get behind me satan no it 's not satan it 's jesus i'm i 'm trying to just let me, just let me in." <laughs> I want you to talk to that, that that person, and you pluck up the courage. I don't know if you've d- done it, but 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 if you haven't, I mean that experience is saying, God. Can you use me? And when when that person maybe responds and 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 and, say, and listens to what you say, there's nothing quite like it. You, I mean that'll keep you going for weeks. You walk into church, hallelujah. There's nothing quite like it, the thrill, and, and, and especially when, when, when someone decides to, 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 to give their life to Christ, especially when someone decides to, to say yes to Jesus, there's nothing nothing quite, quite like it. And again, knowing that knowing that you played a role in seeing someone else's eternal destiny changed because you reached out. Because you took a risk. There's nothing quite like the thrill of, of that sharing your faith and, and catching the heart of someone through the, uh, through the power, power of the gospel. It's awesome. This week, I oh sorry, t- two weeks ago, we went to a garage fire on Maize and Garb Road, and we were the second truck uh, uh, fire truck arriving. And as I got out, the first truck was there; they'd put out the garage fire and whatever. And one of the things that uh, they do at the uh, fire with the permanent guys is basically they'll swap officers. If some officer is taking a break, they will will bring a another officer from another city in to fill in for that day. And as the fire was out and stuff, we uh getting out the trucks and I saw the officer of the truck coming down and there's someone who, who many years ago I led to Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. And so, I mean, I was like, man, I haven't seen him He no longer. comes come to this church. He lives in another, uh, another town. And as he came down, I've traveled to India with this guy. He's, he's, he gave his heart to the Lord and this, this service uh, uh, right here, and still going on for uh, on for God, and, and when you, when you sit and you're watching, and you realise your life has had an effect on His eternity, not on just on His eternity, but on His children, on His children's children, for, for the generations to come. And uh, I, I fished for that. Every time I put up Pastor Prem and Sangeeta's uh, photos there from our Connect Church in India, every time I do that, I, I, I realize we've played a part. Yeah. And, and, and seeing them one as Hindus, people who weren't following, gee, gee, I remember them coming into my house and saying, I, I want to receive, after hearing the gospel, I want to receive Jesus Christ. I remember in that moment he had a stomach ache for like nine, nine years, or some ridiculous amount of time. We prayed and God healed it instantly and he converted. Not only did he convert, his family converted, his mother converted, his brothers uh, uh, converted, and we ended up baptizing, I think, on one was 30s or 20, yeah, 29, 30, if you're evangelistically speaking. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Hindushood found the, the the power of Jesus Christ. That's gonna affect. Generate now. We, you know we've got a church there. Of, I don't know, five hundred people. If you throw them all together, because of those minds, you've affected someone's eternal, yeah. eternal destiny. Fishing's fun. Can be life changing. Yeah. The second reason we should fish is because fishing's necessary. Fishing's necessary. People's eternity is at stake. People's eternity is at stake. Death is an unavoidable. It is, I, I just want to say the stats on death are 100%. None of us get out of here alive. And you know, I, I, sometimes we, 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 we get a reprieve just like Peter Handysides this week as he had his heart attack. They managed to spot it in time. In fact, the last couple of weeks, it's been incredible the amount of people who've, who, who have uh, uh, had, if you like, near death. Uh, Jeff Mallander who was a part of this church for some he, young, fit, uh, fit guy, cycling along near, near I. his heart stopped. He collapsed, And so actually somebody from this church, I don't know if they're in this service today, managed to get the defibrillator and do, 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 shock him back. And so he's still here today, and so he's, he, he, he's pretty excited uh, uh, with life, but it doesn't always work out that way. For, uh, just, just the, We've had to say goodbye to Rita just a couple of weeks ago from one of our services, and uh, as she passed away, just had a trip or a, and, a, and a fall and didn't recover. So you never know when your time is up, my friend. Just yesterday, Pastor Ian's sister passed away. She'd been diagnosed with a a, a tumor or some type of cancerous tumor in her brain, and so they said, "Yeah, she's got a couple of years. She's got just a few weeks ago that that we prayed and uh, 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 yep, she's got a couple of years." Yesterday on the operating table, just going through a very small procedure, she just passed away. Gone, just like that. And good old good Ian, he's teaching growth track right now. Come on, let's give show Ian some love on that. Still doing that. But there have been situations, other de- death I, I don't want to talk about. Uh, I was at a funeral. We were at a funeral last week. On, 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 on that. Death is inevitable. Fishing is necessary, my friend. Yeah. Pe- people's eternity is at stake. Death is a, a una- unavoidable. There is a there is a judgment to come. This is a biblical reality. We you and I are to be on a divine rescue. Mission, And we have a part to play. And if we don't, who will? If we don't do it, who will? Who will reach out? Who will go for the lost? Romans chapter 15, verse 14 says, How then can they call on the one they have not believed? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Now, you might be here and going, you ain't seen my feet. Come on, somebody. my <laughs> But no matter what you think your feet look like, I want to tell you, if they're bringing the gospel, the Bible calls them beautiful. Come on, somebody. The Bible calls them beautiful. How beautiful are the feet of him who brings good news. See, fishing's necessary. Why? It's God's plan A, because there simply isn't a plan B. And number three, the third reason we should fish. It's because someone fished for you. Someone fished for you. I'm guessing you were here today in church, not because you were walking in on some street somewhere and some preacher yelled, Hey you, boy! Turn or burn! I'm guessing you're not here. because, uh, Yeah, yeah, okay, thank you. No, I, I don't think... I mean, I'm not saying if you are here like that, you would be one, Maybe. But I'd say most of you are here today because somewhere along the way, somebody took a risk. Somebody said, I've got a net. I need to do something with I've got a line. I've got a, I, need a, I, I, I need to throw that. And somewhere along your journey, someone said, hey, look, I'm going to church this Sunday. Do you want to come along with me? Or maybe you're at work and you were going through a tough, uh, a tough time. And at the right moment, at the right time, they reached out to you and said, hey, look, this is what I've found. In my life, this is what has helped me. This, is Christ, I just want to tell you about this Jesus who who, who changed my life. And, and you and you were maybe in your mess and struggle and battle. You looked at them and saw see, see how God had made their mess a message. And you were you were like, man, if he can, if God can do it for him, maybe he can he can do it for me. But somebody would have taken the time to fish for you. Someone would have taken uh, the time to reach out and throw uh, that net to Paul uh pull you in. why should we fish because someone fished for you someone took a risk someone reached out to you it might be a member of your family, it might be your wife, it might be your husband it might be uh, uh, someone that you knew it might be it might have been an old school friend or whatever, but someone took the risk and fished for you. Maybe they shared their, their testimony or maybe they shared a story of how God had come through and in that moment, at that right place, in that right time. He said, if he can do it, if God can do it for them, maybe God can do it. For me, for, for myself, that person was a guy named John McLean. John understood he was called to fishy. Uh, and you got to understand he didn't do it because he had to he did it because he couldn't help himself he shared the love of God because it was flowing out of his life it was not out of lack it was out of the over overflow he couldn't he couldn't contain the love of God in his his life his cup runneth over he the love and thankfulness that he had for what God had done. Because uh, again, I don't know what situations you've come from, but the Bible does say this, he he who is forgiven much loves much. And friends, I don't know, when, when we understand the depths of our depravity, when we understand the depths of our sin, when we understand the, 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 the cost of what it meant that God gave his only son for our sin, he paid our penalty so we didn't have to when we understand when, when when that love and he understood the forgiveness of God and there was something about him that overflowed that that that, that I, I, man I can see there is something different about you and he invited me to a meeting like this and on that first first meeting I, I hadn't been to a church since I was a little kid and and I I know in that moment as a drug addict and a, a, a biker and you, you've heard my story if you've been around for a while that I stood up wept like a baby couldn't. I was trying to be cool but it didn't work and that day I gave my life and to Jesus Christ and he turned it around the grass was green and the sky was blue it was a new day Jesus washed my sins away hallelujah yeah. John took a risk and fished for me God's God's love overflowed out of his Life. The Apostle Paul said in Second Corinthians five fourteen, he said, "For the love of Christ compels us." That's what it was like for John. He, he was compelled to share. The Apostle said, I'm, "I'm the love of Christ. This love I have for God. Compelled. We need to be a compelled people, compelled to fish, compelled to to to, to, to cast the net." Goes on to say this, God. Who reconciled us. He reconciled you, my friend. God who reconciled us to Himself through Christ. Listen, He gave us. He gave you. You want People say to me, what's my ministry? Here it is. God who reconciled us to Himself and gave us the ministry. He has given you the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to Himself in Christ. Ooh, here's the good news. Not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us, he's committed to us the message of reconciliation. Oh, I I, I I don't know, I was saying to the the 8 a.m. service, I was saying to them when you think about that's pretty brave of God, isn't it? He's committed the message to yeah, to you. <laughs> us with all of our faults, with all of our failures. With all of our mess. With like, like, like I said, the first thing Jesus said, He didn't say, hey, get holy and sort yourself out and then I'll see what we can do. They no, said, I want you to fish. You, you want me to fish like this? Yeah. yeah like, like, you know, I haven't f- fixed up everything. Yeah, just fish. He's committed the mess. With all of our faults, with all of our failures, my friends, with all of our short... Don't look at me like you don't have any. Come on, somebody with all of the stuff that we're missing in our lives and going, that's not sorted yet. With all of that, you've got to understand he has still committed the message yeah. of God's reconciliation to us. He's, he's like, I want you to do it. I want you to be my, my hands and my feet. I want you to, it was, you, you know how I, yeah, yeah, I want you to do. I'm committing this message. I'm, I, I, this world saving mission I'm, I'm wanting you to do. I'm committing it to you. And he's committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore, therefore, this is what you are. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though he were making his appeal through us. That's what God's doing. He's going to make his appeal through us. And it says, we implore you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God. I want to take a moment right here and do some fishing. Because I want to implore you here today, if you do not know Jesus Christ, I want to implore you today to be reconciled to God. I want to implore you today to give your life to Christ. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Christ, if you're here today and you know that you need, even as I'm preaching the gospel because there's power in it, that you need to get right with God, you know your life. I'm imploring you to be reconciled to God. I'm imploring you to to give your life to Jesus Christ. Would you do that? Would you do that today? Maybe someone brought you along. Maybe you came with a friend. Maybe you read it in the newspaper or whatever it is. But you're here today and, 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 and you know, just as God called me, He's calling you. And that you need to get right with God today. So with every head bowed and every eye closed and nobody looking around, I just want you thinking about your life, your situation. If you're here today and you know I need to get right with God, you're talking to me, Pastor. The Bible says He knocks on the door of our heart, and if we open that door, He will come in. You say, but Pastor, you don't know how bad I am, friend. Here's the good news of the Gospel. It's not about how bad you are. It's about how good God it is. What He has accomplished on the cross, He shed His blood so you didn't have to. He paid the price so you didn't have to. Our part is to receive that which He has made available. The free gift of righteousness. But listen, it's free but not cheap. It costs God everything. And so today, if you're here and you know you need to get right with God, in a moment I'm going to pray a prayer, and that prayer is basically saying, Christ, come and be king of my life. If you're here today and you know you, you need to be included in that prayer, while everybody's got their head bowed and eyes closed, I want you to just put your hand up and say, That's me. Would you include me in that prayer, Pastor? If that's you today, would you put your hand up nice and high so I can say, Is there anyone here today? And you know you need to get right. With God, I don't want to finish a service without giving people an opportunity to get right with God. Is there anyone here today? Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? With that hand now, now down, is there anybody who know you should have put your hand up, but you didn't? You're just thinking, man, I don't know if got to accepted a person. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Let's pray this prayer together. Lord Jesus, I come to you today, a sinner in need of a Savior. I turn from my sin and ask that you would live inside me, be King of my life, King of my heart. Be not just my Savior, but my Lord from this day forth. This I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.